fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society, allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Whoa, what a day. Holy cow, man. I tell you, I have never seen in my life so many people mudslinging, throwing out excuses left and right for so many issues out there. Everybody has an excuse for something, man. I'm telling you, we have the election in Georgia where already the media is going after Donald Trump, which we'll get to here in just a second. We have Elon Musk being blamed for everything under the sun because he's allowing content onto the social media platform. And it's all his fault that people are brainwashed and they don't know what's going on. Some individuals on the other side of the political aisle have no way, no possible way to just look at themselves in the mirror and be like, huh, maybe I have something to do with this. Republicans are saying fault added as well we have a lot to talk about today welcome into the program what's happening for you today on a middle of the week broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in wichita kansas on our flagship radio station we are all over the country radio tv live streaming and podcasting however you watch or listen to the show welcome aboard your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day coming up on the show bottom of the hour Derek taylor Derek Red Taylor. He is the owner of Red Taylor Insurance, a health insurance company, as we talk about uh, enrollment for healthcare, but also the uh, healthcare industry as a whole. We like to talk about that and how governments kind of change things throughout the years. And if you have faith, if you are a religious individual in any way, shape, or form, then does your health insurance actually conflict with your religious views? Kind of an interesting conversation there. So we'll get to that here in just a little bit at the bottom of the hour. We have Elon Musk and the Tweety. We have elections. We have the Times Magazine Man of the Year. Can anybody guess who it is? Can anybody guess? I'm sure that... No, I'm sure. I'm sure. You've heard it being talked about throughout the day today. So we'll get to all that and more on the program. Let's start off with the big news of the day in our What's Trending story. What's trending today? What's trending today? Of course, we got to touch on the election out of Georgia last night. I have never seen so much mudslinging after an election before about whose fault it is that the uh, Republican Herschel Walker ended up losing that race. Now, for those that don't know, uh, Ral, uh, Raphael Warnock, the Democrat, ended up winning the race 513 to 48.7% last night with 1.8 million votes over Herschel Walker's 1.714 million Vote. So right about a 100,000 vote difference on that one with the Democrat winning, putting the Democrats ahead with 51 senators in Congress. Now, does that necessarily change anything on how it was going to be done in uh, Congress? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. We already knew the makeup was at least going to be split 50-50. And if that were the case, then Democrats would still get what they want. Because remember, we still have liberal, progressive, rhino Republicans that pretend to be Republican that are not really Republican. Mitt Romney, the prime example of that one where they would get a couple votes, so they would still be able to get some things, not a lot, because for the supermajority, they would have to actually pass the filibuster and actually not have to get the 60 supermajority votes. The problem is now is that now with Democrats having a one-point vote, they could remove the filibuster completely, which means they would just need a simple majority vote. That is a possibility, and we could break that down in a second on what that could mean for some of the legislation coming out of the Senate. Outside of that, this race doesn't really do a whole lot. But 
They are growing this, like usual, and blowing it out of proportion into a way bigger deal that revolves and focuses solely on the man himself, the most evil human being on the face of the earth, Donald J. Trump. Andy, why do you say that? Well, because all the focus is on him. There are multiple headlines. The latest one that I've seen from The Hill, thehill.com, did a Herschel Walker just end Trump's presidential hopes? <laughs> Blaming Donald Trump, stumbling, mumbling, fumbling Herschel Walker. This is the piece from The Hill, not me. Stumbling, mumbling, and fumbling Herschel Walker finally flopped out of the Georgia Senate race. But while Walker can and probably will just exit politics and sink back into semi-obscurity, the man who dragged him into the race and imposed a demonstrable qualified candidate on Georgia's Republicans are now stuck dealing with the damage. The Georgia Senate loss belongs to Donald Trump. Now... Again, I ask you on why they would actually make that hit piece, because I want to remind you that now that the elections are officially over, now that all these Senate election special races are done, now that most of the states have done their canvassing with the Secretary of State and that the elections are finalized in most states across the nation, which happened just in the last week or so for the beginning of December, now that the elections are done, we focus on the transition in January and the new makeup of Congress, which is going to be the Democrats running with a 51 to 48 vote. At 51-49, I'm sorry, 51-49 in the Senate. And Republicans with, what, 213, I believe? A slight majority there. Or 223, whatever it is. Because 213, I think, was a threshold that we need. So we're up slightly in the House of Representatives. We're down by two in the Senate. And now the focus is going to be, we got to admit, there's not going to be a whole lot of content, not a whole lot of policy talk coming out of Washington, D.C. It's going to be focused strictly on the fact that Donald Trump has announced his run for 2024. That will be the focal point. Everything Republicans do from now on will be the Republican Party, and it will be about Donald J. Trump. Get ready for it. It's going to be annoying, and we're going to completely ignore that crap on this show because we're not going to talk about Donald Trump for the next two years. We'll talk about it when we talk about presidential races, but we're not going to focus every issue on why Donald Trump is either part of it or the problem with it in some way, shape, or form. The problem with the election in Georgia was the fact that Republicans just didn't turn out. Pure and simple. Had nothing to do with Donald Trump. Barack Obama went out there to campaign. Joe Biden went out there to campaign. I believe Michelle Obama went out there to campaign. Other Democrats went out there to campaign. Donald Trump, I think, did a virtual thing. He went out there to campaign before the general election in in November. I don't believe he went out there for the special election that happened over the last few weeks. But guess what? It was Republican voter turnout that just didn't happen. In fact, both candidates had less votes in the election last night than what they did in November. Raphael Warnock, the Democrat, ended up receiving 1.808 million votes yesterday that is down 132,000 votes from what he received in November just a month ago when he received 49 percent of all the votes at 1.94 million votes Democrats showed up by 132,000 votes less than what they did just a couple weeks ago Herschel Walker who could have won this race very easily just didn't have Republicans show up 48% of the vote receiving 1.7 million total votes yesterday when he came out of November getting 
million votes. And that was about a 40,000 vote difference between the two. Then we had about a 100,000 vote difference on this one. And that doesn't even include the 80,000 libertarian votes that showed up in the first race as well, which means what? Republicans didn't show up and libertarians didn't show up because if Republicans would have showed up in the same fashion that they did in the prior election, we would have won. If libertarians showed up and even did the 60-40 split, which is what I would guesstimate libertarians would do if they you know, swallowed their pride a little bit for waving their flag and going off the cliff with their flag held high, being the purists that they are, saying I'm never voting for the two-party system. If they would have come to the table, my guesstimation is it would have been about a 60-40 split with Republicans. And again, the Republican Herschel Walker would have won the race. But that didn't happen. War, uh, Walker, Herschel Walker was down 191,000 votes. Warnock was down 132,000 votes. It was simply voter turnout which is interesting when we said yesterday if you remember on the program we had made the comment that hey you know what the media is saying that it's already done for walker it's already over don't worry about showing up that the momentum is completely lost for herschel walker he's desperate that's after by the way months of calling him a rapist and calling him uh, whatever else they tried to call him because they demonized him which if that were done to a democrat candidate then we would be the most racist people on the face of the earth because we were attacking a black man they're okay with it because well, you know, he's a Republican, so therefore he's not in line with the rest of the people, if you know what I mean, which is the way the Democrats view things. That's the identity politics for you. Welcome to the Democrat Party who says they're not the racist ones out there. That's the simple matter of the fact. So after demonizing him for months, they just said, well, he's lost all momentum. He's scrambling. He's fumbling. He's mumbling, which I find, again, hilarious from that Hill piece where they're trying to personally attack him, because I seem to remember just a couple weeks ago when they would go after republicans for attacking john fetterman for literally fumbling and mumbling and not knowing what the hell he's talking about god forbid because of a stroke that he had and all the gaffes that we make fun of with joe biden that is really the low-hanging fruit in the world of politics but guess what Donald Trump is not to blame here. This has no reflection upon Donald Trump. This has no indication about Donald Trump's popularity or uh, his support in any way, shape, or form. This is strictly the fact that Republicans didn't show up to the race. And in fact, we didn't show up by near 191,000 votes compared to the last time. Which again, while the media was saying that he was done, if you remember, I made the comment yesterday from conservative media around the nation, not even talking about the race. They weren't even mentioning it. Which makes me wonder, the things you make you go, hmm, let's put on the tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist hat for just a second. It really makes me wonder if Mitch McConnell didn't have anything to do with that one as well because he didn't want to have a split vote because then he would still be able to stop uh, the ending of the filibuster. He would still have a little bit of control and he doesn't want that type of control because he wants the Democrat majority in the Senate. So that way he can be back there and complain about things but not actually be able to stop anything that's the style of mitch mcconnell we've heard it from many senators uh, that are in government that are in congress that uh, ted cruz being especially one of them allowing things to go through committee and then saying well we don't support it on the floor and getting republicans to vote against it but then saying oh we couldn't do anything didn't have enough votes and then when we do have enough votes well we need to step back and recalculate everything and just wonder what we're gonna do no momentum the rhino hack, who's already, by the way, caved on some of the uh, bills and some of the amendments that are going into the Defense Act bill, that have nothing to do with military, that have nothing to do with defense. He's caved on a lot of those because he's all about the compromise and, well, we need to get along with the other side because there's nothing we can do anyways. This is why 
People are leaving for third parties. This is why people are frustrated with the Republican Party, and that is why with just in the few weeks, we had the opportunity to test. I told you, the test was already there. Before we even take the role of leadership in the House of Representatives, and Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House, who I believe is going to be there at the end of the day, without that even happening yet, the first test for Republicans on whether we would stand strong already came and gone, and again, the Republican Party failed miserably. Because we need to be the ones that have enough of a backbone to say, I don't care if the government shuts down. I don't care if we don't pass a budget. I don't care if we don't pass the Defense Act. We were not including anything in there that has nothing to do with military. We are not increasing spending. We are not doing additional programs. We're not doing anything like that. Don't even come to the table with that. Period. End of story. We're not voting on it. We're not even negotiating. Negotiation is closed, baby. Closed for business, unless you actually come to the table with a reasonable bill. And Mitch McConnell can't do that. I don't know that Kevin McCarthy can do that. But now, moving forward, now we have the races done. The Democrats run the Senate by a two-vote majority. They're going to try and end the filibuster. They're going to try and ram through as many bills, and the pressure on Kevin McCarthy is going to be even hotter than what we thought it was going to be before. Because now, if they do end the filibuster, then they're going to be able to pass anything absurd out of the Senate. It's going to go to the House of Representatives, where hopefully it will be dead on arrival. But then you have the Senate, and you have the President pressuring Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans to say, hey, you need to pass something. You need to do something. So we'll give you a bone... If you pass the bill, we'll throw you a little something that you want to make you feel good, to make you feel like you actually won something, but you have to pass this bill. And it will come down to them saying either, yeah, sure, okay, or no, we're going to go ahead and shut down because we're not going to deal with this. And I have a feeling on what the Republicans are going to do. Just an English. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today. It is a middle of the week, a Wednesday, 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch, listen to the show. Welcome. We always love you to death. And a pleasure to have you along for the ride. I, you know me. I'm the eternal optimist. I'm always the happy, cheery, go-lucky kind of guy. We get frustrated about politics at time, but you and I, we share that emotion. We just lay it out on the table so we can move forward because we're not ones to sit there and blame people left and right. We're here to figure out the solutions and move forward. So here's the solution that we have. Or I guess here's the reality of what we have to find a solution for. We have Democrats running the Senate, which hopefully, dear God, if they end the filibuster, then we're in a lot of trouble with a lot of different bills, where they're going to ram through as much as they can because what their goal is right now is to keep the economy inflated as much as possible. Right now, they're going to be calling this recession going into 2023 what they're calling now the Powell recession, according to many political experts and uh, stock market experts and economic experts. They're calling it the Powell because Jerome Powell, the head of the uh, to the head of the Federal Reserve, that's been raising so many interest rates, and yet it hasn't slowed down business from trying to be done. But what it has done is it still priced people out of the market, but just not enough to really make an impact to slow down inflation. While they try to say that we plateaued the inflation in this nation at 85 8.8%, whatever it is, and oh, it's, it's all good now, it's all leveled out. We still realize that we still are paying an 8% inflation rate on a lot of goods. Now, finally... According to CEOs of Bank of America and of 
Uh, Wells Fargo, I believe, the two banking institutions, they've admitted that the consumer spending is starting to slow down. We're still in the middle of holiday season. Now, I get it that people maybe bought their stuff early because they were afraid about another uh, interest rate hike or about inflation. Maybe they did it all during the Black Friday sales or the Cyber Monday sales or the uh, Small Business Saturday sales, whatever they did. But the economy is slowing down now. People are not spending as much now. Which either means we've we've gotten rid of our procrastination in this nation, which <laughs> I laugh at that one because we are the ultimate procrastinators in the world to wait till the very last minute. I still people out there on Christmas Eve like, oh, hey, I got to pick something up here. I guess I better go get it. You ever see that movie Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger on Christmas Eve trying to go find the Turbo Man? Yeah. That's still the society that we live in today. There are people that go out to try and buy Thanksgiving food on Thanksgiving Day, which I say shame on you because how dare you make someone else work because of your lack of preparation. Uh, That's my personal pet peeve, but people will still do that around Christmas time as well. So I highly doubt that we've gotten rid of our procrastination mindset in this nation. What does tell me then is option number two is that we're just spending less money. And while they've tried to inflate it and the Biden administration's pushing this hard and the mainstream media is pushing it hard, people are spending more. People are spending more. We're still buying more things. We may be spending more, but I don't know that we're buying more. We're spending more because the inflation's so high and it's going to catch up to us. You cannot continuously inflate the economy for as long as what you were. Your goal was to make it to the election. You made it to the election. Now it's going to burst and we're going to go into a recession because we won't stop printing money and we won't stop spending money but they're going to do everything they can that will be their number one goal which means this continuing resolution that will happen in the next week or two that will be passed for the rest of the year and then our battle will begin for october of 2023 which again we'll get to another omnibus bill we won't get our 12 appropriations bills we won't pass an actual federal budget and it'll just continue on with the cycle with more spending because republicans only control one chamber and that one chamber is going to be very weak so what do we do Andy? what can, you said you were optimistic what are we going to do here here's my thoughts the state that you live in whatever state that may be Wherever you're listening to this radio broadcast or podcast stream or whatever you do, fight like hell to make sure that your state government is accepting as little federal money as possible. And I know that's a difficult task. It's near impossible to do on many occasions, especially with more of the infrastructure bill money coming out, especially with more of the COVID-19 money coming out that the federal government still hasn't spent completely with all the health care shenanigans that are going on. Make your state as self-sufficient as possible financially so that way the federal government can bust on their own and your state can have a safety net and can be prepared and make sure that you don't actually take the biggest brunt of all that. That's all we can do right now, and that's our next focus. To hell with the federal government. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You know what? Reason, common sense, rationale. Welcome back into the show. Halfway through already. Good golly, it flies right on by. Fastest hour of radio on, well, radio. Multiple radio stations all over the place, plus TV, streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen. Welcome. We love you to death. The focus on what we can do for 2023. We have to have our game plan. We have to have our eyes on the ball. Remember that when you play sports? Eyes on the ball. We have to have our game plan, and we're going to do it. 
We're going to utilize the best that we can with what we have control of, and the rest of it are out of our hands, and we just let the universe take over from there. Welcome back into the show. Let's shift gears a little bit here as we talk about some of our spending, some of the crazy shenanigans coming out of Washington, D.C. The changes are never-ending. You would think that, hey, it's not broken. Why are we trying to fix something here? Or maybe it's really, really broken. What the hell did we do in the first place, which is most of the healthcare industry as a whole right now as we get into what's trending for the day. What's trending today? As we talk about some of the changes from the Department of Health and Human Services, and if you are a religious individual, as I am myself, and as most of my listeners are, then are you conflicted with how you get some of your health insurance and health coverage and what you're paying for with your taxpayer money through the government and through your healthcare industry with what's going on in society today to talk about some of that and more? Excited to have on the program. He is CEO of Red Taylor Insurance. Excited to have on here the man himself, Red Taylor. Red, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Andy. How are you? Living the dream, brother. It's good to have you on the program. It is a wild time to where it seems like in the private industry, when we buy things at a store, we now have to look at it through a political lens. Do I support this company? Do I not support this company? Are they a woke company? Are they not a woke company? What stances do they have on issues? We're so divided on the private sector that this has even bled into apparently the healthcare industry, hasn't it? It really has, and can you even imagine that, that now we have to uh, take into consideration our purchases for just seemingly nominal things in life, whether they align with our, you know, with our ethical uh, principles and our religion? I mean, do we align with these things religiously, theologically, and uh, you know, do, do, they, do they match up with our core principles? Yeah. Um, and you know, this is definitely coming out of Washington, D.C. It's an agenda push. Uh, issue on a couple of different sectors, whether we're looking at health insurance, whether we're looking at investing with uh, with 401k managers, with your employer-sponsored 401ks. And so, you know, your wonderful listeners and re- out there in your audience, they have got to become aware of what's going on out there and dial in to how the decisions that they're making can affect their core principles and beliefs. Here at redtailorinsurance.com, Man, we've been working with Christians for about 25 years now, and, and you know, one of the things that we've seen, uh, especially prominently more and more lately, is how the decisions coming out of HHS, the decisions coming out of Biden's failed regime, and the policies of the, the swamp in Washington are forcing good Americans to use their healthcare dollars to pay for things that they don't believe in, that they don't align with in their principal course, like abortions, like sex and gender changes and reassignment. It is unfortunate. Now, here's the big question. Is it done intentionally like that, or do they just have their own agenda? They don't care about the religious views. It's not on top of mind for them. It's just, hey, this is the political flavor of the day to win over more voters, so we're going to do it. Or is it, hey, we truly need to stamp out this certain type of what they claim is bigotry or closed-mindedness or whatever, and we need to stop it out by forced government regulation. Man, Andy, I believe that the goal of almost 99% of all the politicians in Washington, D.C. is to get voted again, <laughs> to get reelected. So uh, when they're pushing these agendas, man, I think it's it's with that at the forefront. I'm, I'm well past the 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 ideology that the, that those folks that, that somehow in some way that all of us keep sending up there, somehow they end up there. 
that have your and I and, and your listeners' best interest at heart. Yeah, that is very true. Talk about how this is done now. As we talk about, let's say, the the transitioning of a gender based on hormonal treatments, based on operations, based on that sort of stuff, uh, this stuff is actually being covered now in insurance because, again, most of us that are on the conservative end and even on the Christian religious end of things, we say, hey, I don't care that you do it. I make It makes no difference to me in any way, shape, or form. I may not like it. I may not want it to be in my family. But you know what? All the power to you. You do you, baby, and I'm going to do me. Um, but now our taxpayer money going to cover some of this stuff is a little strange. When did that start happening where the government's covering these operations as opposed to an individual just going out like a cosmetic surgery and just paying for it on their own? So it's a relatively recent development, and what I want everybody to understand is just like you said, we've all kind of taken a Lacey's Fair attitude, right? Hey, listen, man, we're Christians. You know, we're, we're over here trying to do the very best that we can to serve God, to, to advance the kingdom, to grow our family up, to make a living, to run our businesses. And, you know, man, we'd love to make an impact on you, a positive impact for, for life, for your family, for our communities. But, man, if you don't agree with it, you know what, God, we love you, man. Go do what you do, and we're, we're going to be over here rooting for you if we can ever help, okay? Yeah. However, that's not the case. If you buy health insurance in America, and I don't care if you're paying for it through your employer, if you're buying it through healthcare.gov, which is Obamacare, if you're going straight over here to, you know, one of the individual carriers, then your money is either directly or indirectly being used to pay for these services that we do not believe in. And so over the last few years, what we've seen is just an absolute flood of Christians that have become more and more interested in the Christian healthcare sharing space, yeah. in the Christian healthcare sharing program. Uh, we here at RedTaylorInsurance.com uh, represent one of the largest, actually the largest healthcare sharing program on the planet called MediShare. Mm. And man, we love it. We've got, you know, probably close to somewhere, you know, maybe like 5,000 of our clients that are on it. I'm 50 years old. My wife and I, we have six children. Uh, I can sell my family anything. I've been very, very blessed in this business. And on December the 12th, I will have been on MediShare for six straight years. That tells you an awful lot. A, high quality, okay? I, You know, I love my wife. I love my children. I got to know that I know that I know that if something big happens, that we're going to be taken care of. B, I'm not paying for somebody else to go have a sex and gender change, some kind of realignment, some type of genital mutilation or abortion that we don't believe in, okay? And C, we're saving a ton of money, a great deal of money. And so with those types of things aligned, we put ourselves in a situation where we can help a ton of Christians that don't believe in having their hard-earned dollars, whether directly or indirectly, go to pay for these types of services that, quite honestly, we just don't believe in. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it because that was going to be my next question. Is this moving towards the group plans like this, the MediShare, the the Christian health groups like that? I mean, is that where a bulk of people are going, especially with the premiums, with the deductibles, with the way insurance is right now? Are people using that as a supplement or is they using that just kind of on top? I mean, how is this program working and how are people starting to shift into these types of groups? Yeah, great question. So, so you know, there's a couple of different ones out there in the footprint, and one doesn't equal the other, okay? So they're very, very different, and it's always going to help to get the advice of a licensed uh, professional, and we have tons of them here at redtailerinsurance.com. But what's happening is when people become awake, when they're awakened to the realization of what their, what their dollars are going to, 
how they're, you know, being forced to spend money on these things that they don't agree with. And then, quite honestly, when pricing, uh, when, when, when they're getting priced out of the market, when these rates are going up sky high, which the average health insurance policy in America renews at about 25% increase per year, then it forces people back into the market to shop. And with MediShare, MediShare does a fantastic job of marketing their products. If you listen to Christian Radio in America, if you're on Christian Radio uh, websites, if you're, you know, when you go to church, then you're seeing MediShare in the footprint, a little bit of advertisement and, and something about the great word that they have. Now, Andy, most folks don't really understand it. Let's face it, health insurance in the healthcare industry is extremely complicated. Yeah. It is a thorn in the backside of everybody out there, okay? We don't understand it. We don't like it. We're paying all this money for it. You know, the, 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 the average household in America, right behind their mortgage payment, their second highest expense is their health care expense, yeah. okay? And so, and likewise, if you look at a corporation in America, their second largest expense, right behind their payroll in their health insurance. Yep. And so we've got a real situation that, that we encounter uh, to where we can help so many people to, to save a ton of money to not have to pay for these things that they're not aligned with and still provide top quality major medical health care. And when you look across the, you know, you know, look across America, what do we have? 30, 330 million Americans that, and, and out of those 330 million Americans, Andy, 75% of us, Really, I think it's more like 80%, but we use the, the posted numbers. Categorize ourselves as Christians. Well, that's about 250, 260 million Americans that we could help in these certain situations. It's a great opportunity. It's it's a way for us to kind of band together and be able, like you mentioned, to be able to promote the values that we want. We're talking with Red Taylor, CEO of Red Taylor Insurance, which you can find online at redtaylorinsurance.com. Uh, Red, we got about 45 seconds before we have to take a hard break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Sure, I'd love to. Andy. Awesome, I love it because I want to continue the conversation about what's going on from the Department of Health and Human Services, especially with the abortion issue and how that's changed after the reversal of Roe v. Wade at the federal level earlier this year, and kind of what we're doing at the statewide levels now, because I think that's an important issue to have as well. Plus, uh, even the smaller, moving even to the micro level, some of these doctors' offices across the nation now that are going away from insurance and going into the private membership clubs to be able to pay that monthly membership and actually have your doctor's appointments taken care of that way as well that I think is going to drive people out of the insurance market and maybe reset a little bit of things. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. We'll have some interesting conversation about that when we come back as well. Again, it's Red Taylor, CEO of Red Taylor Insurance at redtaylorinsurance.com. It is interesting to see what the Department of Health and Human Services are doing uh, with their changes left and right, forcing you to centralize your health care coverage to the federal government and making you pay for things that you may not like at that level. Do some more of that when we come back here. It's a Wednesday. It's the middle of the week right here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh my goodness, how the show goes by way too fast. Let's slow down for a second. Well, I'm telling you, we need a four-hour program. We need a four-hour program. But instead, 
We'll try to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag right here on the show. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. Just a few minutes left here with Red Taylor, CEO of Red Taylor Insurance. RedTaylorInsurance.com as we talk about the changes of the healthcare industry and fighting for your values. What do you believe in? Because I'm telling you, your money is going to places that you don't necessarily want it to go. And it's concerning, it's troubling, it's problematic, and we need to find solutions like we do. The best thing about a free market laissez-faire capitalist society is that when something's going on, either a price or a quality or a service that you don't like, the beauty of a private sector system is that someone will find a way to fill that void. That's how we have been able to excel in technology and excel in products and excel in what we do oh so well in this country because someone will be able to fill that void, make it cheaper, make it more streamlined, make it more efficient, make it better, make it better quality, whatever it is, we will find a way to do that. And that's what we're doing right now. Red, as we talk about this, let's real quickly touch on abortion for a second. After the reversal of Roe v. Wade that happened earlier this year, What's the latest in in that industry? Who's covering it? How is it being paid for? Is it still coming from the federal government? Are the states picking up that tab now with their statewide health departments? What's going on in this situation? Golly, Andy, what a what a tumultuous topic! And just <laughs> such a a uh, just a point of contention throughout this country. So. Just to be completely honest with you, there's still a lot to be unsettled, okay? Sure. You know, the, the Supreme Court came out, and they sent Roe back to the states. Basically, that's all it was, where, where it was to begin with. Which is where it needs uh, to be. It's where it needs to be. We're, we're, I mean, that's where most all these big decisions, these big funding, these big entities need to remain is with the states. And so they sent it back to the states. The fake news media, the enemy of the people, took it, ran with it told everybody in the country that would listen to them that they're going to you know, take away your right to an abortion or whatever you want to call it. And they're calling it health care now, for God's sake. Uh, and so, you know, where we are with it is in certain states now that insurance companies must pay under the benefits of the plan for the procedure and extenuating circumstances, uh, uh, conditions of an abortion. In other states, they're not necessarily paying for it, and it's kind of a remains-to-be-seen issue at this point. Interesting. It's fascinating how, the and like you said, it's still to be unraveled to see where this is going to go with many states trying to figure out their own legislation right now as well, which is going to make it more complicated. Uh, Red, we got just about a minute left here, but i got to ask you about uh, the the uh, healthcare clinics, the pharmacies or the, the, the family physicians around communities, they're now not even accepting insurance, but just doing like the private memberships. You pay 60 bucks a month, you come in, you get your checkups, you get your prescriptions, and just trying to avoid the healthcare scam that is with a lot of these insurance companies with what they're doing. Is that the future of healthcare? And what's your thoughts on this? I tell you what, it's a model that's gaining uh, some traction across the country. And what, we, what we're doing with that is we're pairing that with basically a catastrophic health plan, whether it be one of the health insurance companies that we have, you know, multiple, literally hundreds of insurance companies, or whether it be a healthcare sharing program for Christians like a MediShare. And so consumers, your listeners, uh, all across the country, they're able to, to pay a membership fee to a concierge, quote unquote, concierge type doctor, where let's just say for $150, $200 a month, they're able to go to the doctor as many times as they need to yep. for whatever services that may be rendered at a general practitioner, family doctor type service. What they do not get with that fee and that membership 
is coverage and protection for the major medical, the catastrophic issues, which is absolutely what we have to have protection from. When those types of situations hit, not only are we at risk for medical treatment and medical coverage, because let me tell you something, when they patch you up in, in, in the hospital and they send you home after they've run every test under the sun and they don't know what's wrong with you and they send you to see a specialist, if you don't have the right kind of coverage, then getting in to see that specialist, if it's not a life-threatening emergency, is extremely difficult. Furthermore, the financial risk and liability that, that people uh, are, are you know, receiving from not having that protection is absolutely devastating. You know, the number one cause of bankruptcy in America yep. is unpaid medical bills. Amen to that. Okay. I'm right, I'm so right there with you. We can help you with those types of services. That's what we need, and I appreciate that. You're absolutely right. My wife and I had to file medical bankruptcy about five, six years ago and still trying to recover from that one. It is oh, Red man. Taylor, CEO of Red Taylor Insurance, redtaylorinsurance.com. Red, I love the conversation. we got to get you back on again soon, brother. Sure, Andy. Thanks for having me. God bless that, you and everybody else. And you as well. We appreciate that. There it is. Podcast up in just a little bit. We're back at it again tomorrow for the pre-Friday celebration. Big show lined up for you tomorrow. U.S. Senator James Langford from Oklahoma. He'll be joining us. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.